Hey, Thriver. Thank you so much for being here. I am sharing with you today, as you can see, direct, straight, no jingle, no intro, (laughs) none of the extras today. I am really excited about sharing with you in this episode and just want to say thank you. It has been such a joy starting this podcast at the beginning of the pandemic. It was one of the many things that kept falling at the end of my to get done list. Start a podcast, start a podcast and finally said, let's do it. No time like now. (laughs) Everyone's at home. And so in March of this year, 2020, we begin rolling and I'm glad we're here. Here we are. And so thank you for being a part of this podcast community. I also need to share something else with you, though. I did drop the ball. And like you, 2020 has brought many changes, challenges, grief, and emotions. And it has also, though, come with a lot of really great things and amazing blessings that I'm really, really grateful for. If I had to sum up this year in one word, it would definitely be gratitude. So if you're new to our Career Thrivers community, welcome. My name is Brittany Cole, and I am truly on a mission to encourage and equip leaders to thrive. And I get to do this as a personal branding and leadership development coach, really working primarily directly, most directly, I would say, with professionals and entrepreneurial leaders who sometimes have been shrinking and You may know what that's like. I know that I've been there where I was shrinking in my greatness, not really showing up as authentically and and as optimally as I I could in a space. And so um, those are the kinds of leaders that um, I really love serving as a coach. I also have the privilege of, of serving as the CEO of Career Thrivers, and we get to partner with some amazing organizations to really help to transform culture so that people believe that they belong in their workplace. And this year has been tremendous in getting to do that work getting to partner with some outstanding organizations for speaking and training and courses, inclusion and equity, curriculum development, consulting, and more. And so this podcast is a part of that. This podcast helps us to spread this message of belonging and transparency and building community that is all tied to our mission at Career Thrivers of providing targeted leadership development, curriculum, programs, and strategy that helps to enhance equity in the workplace. So I am so excited and I am committed and committing to you right now in real time as you're listening to this, that we are going to take this podcast to the next level. So I'm looking forward to sharing some of the exciting new segments that are to come in 2021, some of the amazing guests that we're going to have. And so stay tuned, stay connected. Again, thank you so much for being here, for sharing, for showing up, for your emails, for your messages um, via social media. All of that has been felt this year and appreciated as we continue to thrive through 2021. 
And speaking of thriving through, I'm also very ecstatic to share with you that this year I released my first book. So it's called Thrive Through It. And it's a guide to really help you redefine resilience, to literally think of resilience in a new way, but also to communicate with empathy and to practice allyship in your life and business. It's available right now. You can learn more about it and order your copy at thrivethroughitbook.com. And I'll be sharing a bit more about the book as we dive into these six lessons that 2020 has taught me as an entrepreneur. So if you're ready, let's get into it. So we know it's been a year, like what a year it's been. And you're here, you have thrived through natural disasters, a global pandemic, an ongoing racial reckoning, and so much more. And like I mentioned, when I sit when I sat down and thought about all that has happened this year, all that I've been blessed to be able to do, people I've been able to work with, but also who I've become through this year, gratitude is the word that resonates at the top of the list. And so I won't spend time here in this episode really recapping the year for me or for career thrivers. We did put together a really brief kind of top line infographic of our 2020 impact that I will link in the show notes of this episode. So if you want to see numbers and you know a highlight of things that we were able to accomplish this year in ways that we've grown, definitely check out the link in the show notes of this episode. I am really, really, really looking forward to being able to share through this episode really what I've learned through all of that. And my hope is that you're able to glean some of these lessons and we can continue to grow and, and to thrive together. And so from you know hosting our first Thrive Together Leadership Conference this year to giving my first TEDx talk in a pandemic year. Like it, it's been a very, very full year. And so let's get into some of these lessons. Now, if whether you're new to our community and this is your first episode on the podcast or whether you're a regular, I always like to share just my perspective on thriving Obviously, it's a word that I love and that, um, you know, I, I share and say a lot. But for me, when I think about thriving, when I say the word, it really isn't about the manifestation of our accomplishments. And I know sometimes that can be a shift because, right, we see, and that's even why today I won't dive into, you know, here's our list of things that we've accomplished this year, kind of like in a year-end review. We've had an amazing year and we have reflected on that and we've celebrated that. I'm all for celebrating your wins, but I truly believe that thriving is less about the manifestation of our accomplishments and it's more about the mindset that we cultivate in pursuit of making a significant impact. Like through the work that you see on the infographic, right? We have cultivated a mindset through that. And for me, that is what thriving is about. And so we're able to thrive through when we can focus in on our vision, right? So that 
long-term destination that you are in pursuit of. That is our focus, but we also recognize we can be flexible in how we execute, right, to journey forward. And if you're like me, you had to be flexible this year in how you executed, right? We we had a great plan coming into 2020. We were excited. The ball was rolling. Momentum was high. And then about, for us, maybe like into February, things started to slow down. And by the first week of March, it was a complete halt. So we have definitely, if nothing else, learned how to be flexible this year. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. So I have just six lessons here in my reflection time of, you know, what has this year taught me? And in addition to all of the other reasons why 2020 is such, you know, it, it will forever be a year that is, that is imprinted in our minds, in in history books, and, and that people will talk about for years and years to come. On a, on a more personal level, though, this year is also really significant to me because it is my first full year of entrepreneurship, or I should say first year as a full-time entrepreneur. (laughs) So I started my entrepreneurship journey in 2015. And up until the end of 2019, I was also working in corporate America, as we like to say. (laughs) Um, Only in that sector of business do do we use that terminology, but it resonates with people. So I was working in a corporate role. Um, Many of you have heard me share about my career at Pfizer, which was fantastic. Um, Had just so many amazing experiences and worked with so many brilliant people. Most of my career was in sales. I spent some time in marketing, which I always like to share like that time is like dog years. It was around two years, but in terms of like what I learned and what you gain and like the the speed that you work um, in that kind of environment, like it easily feels like five, if not 10 <laughs> years uh, of experience and of learning. So um, I have that had had that experience as well, working in corporate and then um, also wasn't was, it was never my day job, but I spent a lot of time doing diversity and inclusion work through our employee resource groups. So I had a really great career there and made the transition to leave. And so if you haven't heard that story, I've done an episode on that. I've written some blogs and some posts on that and, and can definitely circle back around to it if it's something that you want to hear more about. Um, so definitely you know, feel free to share that. Also, Another plug for the book, <laughs> but I, I'd be remiss if I, did, I didn't share it with you. I, I truly believe it is my most resonant work to date. But I go into 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 depth about just the transition and the journey, and even even some today when we talk about these six lessons. So let's get into it. Um, so this year has been, you know, really pivotal for me in that way. In terms of just you know making that transition and and deciding to take the leap, the end of 2019, and then here we go, 2020. I'm ready to rock and roll. We've got this business plan. We're, we're like you know I'm 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 on the heels of like this 14 week um, really mastermind around you know building your business. Shout out to the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. Um, I spent time in pre flight the end of 2019, so I'm literally like I've got my business advisor. I'm just coming off of this 14 weeks of learning how to grow and do all the things that I need to do to to get, you know, going and growing now that, you know, I've transitioned from side hustling to this is everything. (laughs) 
And then insert all that we know of this year. So here are the lessons. Here's what I've learned. I want to share these six things with you. And again, it's my hope that this resonates with you in a way that you can take something from it. But anyone that has worked with me knows that I am big on implementation, right? So we can have all of the inspiration in the world. And I want—I hope that this inspires you. I hope that you are able to glean from insights that I have learned. And I hope that it moves you to action. I hope that it inspires you to to act and to implement um, what will be most helpful as you journey forward and thrive through. So here's the first lesson. First lesson of this year, when I reflected on 2020, what have I learned first full year as a full-time business owner? The first lesson is that identity grief is real. Now, I know that's probably like, I thought you were going to talk about something business related and we'll get to that. I promise you, I promise you we'll get, we'll get to, you know, some of those, those entrepreneurship topics that are at the top of the list. But this for me, and these aren't necessarily in sequential order, but I would say that this is, was at the top of my list of learnings. You know, we often say that what we do isn't who we are. And I believe that. I think, you know, when we hear that, we usually nod our heads like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. What I do isn't who I am. But if we really sit down and think about the way that we operate, the way that we interact with other people, the way that people interact with us, us, oftentimes it's that question that we ask as like the first or second question when we meet someone, what do you do that shapes our perception of who that person is and the value that they can bring, right, us or our team, et cetera. And so when we think about our career through that lens, You know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't consider that oftentimes we find ourselves, right? It's really the premise of this entire podcast, right? We find ourselves at a crossroads needing to make a significant decision that is tied to our career, right? That is tied to a transition that we want to make from a professional development perspective, whether it's transitioning industries or whether it's you want to get promoted and you may need to relocate, which there's probably less of that this year, but right, there are these decisions that we make from a career perspective that impact every other area of our lives. And if we aren't mindful, our career can become the axis or the focal point with which the rest of our life our life revolves around. And so I spend a lot of time (laughs) um, in Thrive Through It in the book talking about identity grief and just this sense of loss that we sometimes feel when we make transitions. And even if they're positive transitions, right? I've had moments where, you know, it was the promotion that I wanted, but in saying yes and moving forward into something that was greater, it did mean leaving something that I was used to, that was routine, that I cared about, that was significant for me. And so dealing with that loss, I think, is a very real thing that oftentimes we don't really dig into. Um, I, I love to share what I think is probably one of the best quotes um, on this topic about, you know, what we do isn't isn't who we are, thinking about, you know, we... We um, rent our title and we own our character. That's a a quote that uh, Tashonda Brown Duckett shares often. She is the CEO of Chase Consumer Bank and a woman that I look up to and admire so much. I've been able to meet her and hear her speak. And she just talks so authentically about 
the role of our, of owning and, and managing our mindset around how we think about what we do in our career and all of the energy and all of the work that we put into it, but really being mindful around our perspective on that. There's also a really great article. It's a Harvard uh, Business Review article that I share about in the book that's titled, What Happens When Your Career Becomes Your Whole Identity? And in this in this article, this psychologist references this term of of enmeshment, which essentially means when there really isn't a boundary <laughs> between who we are as a as an individual and in our personal lives and who we show up as in terms of our career and how that line can sometimes become blurred where we see all of who we are through the lens of how we show up in the workplace, through the lens of the title, right? That as Sashanda would say, we rent. So again, I think really being intentional around the shifts in our identity and the grief that can come packaged with that when we make changes is a top lesson learned. And it was something, if I could just be, you know, all the way, like I'm like, this is, you know, all, all the way straight, direct, <laughs> no extras today. So we're just going to keep that same theme throughout. Um, it was something that I thought I had down. I'm like, oh, I had that down. Like when I transitioned from, you know, corporate leader, great brand equity, people know my work, they know who I am, they know what I'm about. And then I shift into this entrepreneurship space where it's like, okay, what do you do again? <laughs> I'm like, I explained it. Did you not get it? You know, it's like, I, I didn't recognize how much mental um, exercise and, um, you know, just being really intentional about how we think about ourselves based on people's perception of how we show up professionally and how that can impact right our identity. And so this has been a year where I know many people have been impacted from, you know, a career perspective, job loss um, has been at an all time high. And so I think it's one of the lessons that we have to think about and consider as we're making transitions, right? Whether you are a side hustling entrepreneur or whether you are a full-time employee or a full-time entrepreneur, just reminding yourself, right? And this is one of the affirmations that I share with myself frequently. Like it's it's <laughs> right here on my desk. Um, I am bringing who I am to what I do today, right? And it's one of those intentional ways that we ensure that, yep, what I'm doing isn't all of who I am. It impacts, right? Um, it influences, but it's not everything. So that's lesson number one. Here's lesson number two. Revenue, profit, and salary are not the same. Okay. So <laughs> I'll share with you. I am actually today. So I'm recording this on, on New Year's Eve. Hopefully you're listening to this on New Year's Eve. But if not, if we're into 2020. 2021. No worries. Um, I'll share with you. You can check out. I'm doing a live today with some friends on this topic, on this topic of, you know, six figures, all six figures isn't the same. Right. And so in my own transition, I transitioned, you know, from a six figure salary um, in corporate to a business owner. And I think 
oftentimes when we think about those transitions, um, we don't fully grapple with what that means in terms of the money, right? Um, and I know that, you know, oftentimes transitions happen and, and you're wanting to make more impact, right? When you kind of dig into this research around, you know, why are so many people leaving corporate America and, you know, starting businesses, especially if you look at the, the impact from a demographic standpoint. So Black women leading in starting new businesses um, in the U.S. for several years now. Um, and I think that's amazing, right? And so there's there are def- definitely implications around that those statistics in terms of why that happens, right? And it's often largely tied to impact and doing meaningful work and, you know, not wanting to shrink, right? All, all of those kinds of things um, in the workplace. But in addition to that, right, we have to wrestle with <laughs> and really get clear and be really transparent about the differences between revenue, profit, and salary. So I am not an expert on this. I am, again, sharing my experience from this year um, in hopes, again, that it helps you as you journey forward. But I will say that when I when I reflect back on, you know, this time last year, so the end of 2019, and even today, I think there are pockets of this flip side of the coin when you when we're talking about entrepreneurship, where people are transparent about the full experience. But most of the time, right, most of the time when you're seeing information on this topic, especially um, on social media, right, it is often this very sexy, glamorized picture of entrepreneurship, right? It's the person that's, you know, on the beach, on their laptop, having a photo shoot. <laughs> and it's like, Okay, maybe I like, you know, I I don't even know if that's an aspiration for me. Like, I want to be on vacation on vacation. (laughs) Like, I don't necessarily want to have my laptop on vacation. Like, that's not necessarily my vision for the business business that I'm building. But like, that's usually the image of entrepreneurship that we see. And so I know that we know, right? So when you're thinking about, you know, money and business, right? Profit is your revenue minus expenses. Clear on that. Like, we got that. Good. But I think sometimes we don't really consider the full scale of what that means. And even, right, how do we invest once we have great profit margins? So, you know, these are these are my numbers this year in terms of how I have thought through this. And it is evolving, ever evolving. So um, take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> but for... From an expenses perspective, right? If we're considering, okay, you know, I'm thinking about entrepreneurship. I maybe started a business. You, you know, you may be in a space where you're side hustling right now, and you're thinking, you know, what would this look like if I leave my nine to five and do this full time? Here's how it could look. So, from an expenses standpoint, operating expenses are 35 percent. And again, these are my numbers. I think like average is like anywhere between 30 and 40%. But when we think about expenses, sometimes we just kind of put that blanket, okay, expenses, but like, what are those things? And like, have you really taken the time to look at all of your percentages to really understand what is the money that you're taking home and how does that compare to what you're, what you're taking home, right? In your corporate role or, you know, your, your nine, let's just call it your nine to five regardless of sector. So expenses, right? Operating expenses. So, okay, Brittany, that sounds cute. What is that? So um, things like your 
tech and tools, right? The, 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 the resources that you use to do the work that you're doing, whatever your um, business product or service is. Um, your marketing and advertising falls under that. Under that. Um, any vendors that you're working with to get work done, your payroll, right? Any contractors that you have that are working on projects or if you have part-time or full-time employees, that also includes your, you, right? You on payroll. We'll come back to that in just a moment. But all of those things are operating expenses. And I think, um, you know, there, I have seen anywhere between 30 and 40%, right? In terms of the percentage of, of, um, revenue that you're going to think about in terms of your or percentage of, excuse me, expenses that you're going to think about. So you got operating expenses. Next up is taxes. <laughs> so, um, and, and it's 30% for me. That's what, that's what the sit aside amount is for taxes. I am not an accountant. I'm not a financial advisor. So again, I just want to make that clear. I'm just sharing with you just to consider fully, right? What is the revenue, profit, and salary mix that you have in your business or that you are planning to have for 2021? So taxes, you got to gotta sit that aside. Um, you got to pay taxes on <laughs> your, your income. And then giving. So for us, giving is 10%. And again, these are just, you know, a reference point. Savings, 15%, right? So what are you saving in your business? And then miscellaneous, or um, as some people call it, Felicia Kelly, who I think is is just absolutely brilliant. Um, she does a lot of work with business owners and, and CEOs. She calls it real money, right? Like the real money that you have is after all of these things that we just talked about, you know, your operating expenses and whatever those line items are for you. These are ours. It may be different for you, but, um, you know, for us, expenses are operating expenses, taxes, giving savings, and then miscellaneous or real money or money that you reinvest in your business is about 10%, right? So again, when you hear people say things like, you know, I made six figures this year, or I have a six figure business, you have to take into consideration those percentages. Now, I told you I would come back to payroll and considering yourself in that equation. So <laughs> when you are thinking about making the transition, right, just to say, for instance, you know, from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur, which was my transition this, this year, um, you've got to think about your benefits as part of your income, like your benefits that you're getting right now that you may not quote unquote feel as money every month. But those things are income. Like that is money that your company is paying for you to have 401k match, health insurance, you know, donations match, whatever those benefits are that you have at the organization that you work for in terms of your nine to five, that becomes income that you have to calculate and account for as an entrepreneur, right? Um, even social security. So one thing that I learned literally like, earlier this month <laughs> was there is a percentage that your company pays in terms of social security. So when you become a business owner, right, you have to add that in. <laughs> so again, um, helping you think about and consider all of the implications from a money perspective, when you are thinking about how much you want to make in your business, it isn't necessarily synonymous with your salary or how much you're bringing home. Now, of course, there are you know entrepreneurs that don't 
pay themselves a salary. So that was kind of my story um, or what I was prepared for this year. So um, again, I've talked about my transition from corporate to full-time entrepreneur, but for me, I was actually technically laid off. So I took a package. Um, Our company was going through an organizational restructure. So I had a severance package. And because I had worked at my organization for so long, my severance package carried me for about 12 months. So I knew that whatever I was bringing in my business, that percentage amount for salary, for me, I didn't have to consider that, right? Because I was using my severance as salary or i.e. my severance to cover (laughs) my living expenses and all of the right personal um, expenses that I have. So again, right? And this is a coming to you straight, no fluffy, flowery, any of those kinds of things in this episode, um, for sure, because I, I I think it's so important to share the full picture and the full story and as many considerations as possible as you're thinking about making a transition, um, especially from full-time employment to full-time entrepreneurship, right? So that profit, revenue, profit, salary component, Lesson number two. All right. Lesson number three. Wellness is everything. Listen, if you aren't mindful as an entrepreneur and you if, if you if you're a business owner, you know this, you can literally work around the clock, like literally um, working from home wasn't necessarily new for me in terms of, you know, just the impact of 2020 on the way that we work. I have really technically most of my career worked from home. So the nine or so years that I was in sales at Pfizer, you know, I was never going into a quote unquote office. So, you know, of course, um, if you're familiar with, you know, being a sales rep or or sales manager, you know, you're in the car with your people or you're in the in the car going into doctor's offices. And so you're not necessarily going into an office. And then you um, for most of that time, I had a home office where, you know, your administrative task or whatever trainings, whatever you had to do, you did those things at home. So that transition wasn't necessarily um, new for me. However, right, as a business owner, you can feel like, okay, not feel like, (laughs) it is often the case that there really isn't a stop point to your, you know, to get done list. So you have to be mindful around, you know, putting boundaries around your work and your life. And especially if you consider the kind of work that you do. So just again, reflecting on 2020, which is what this list is about. I did a lot of training this year around diversity, equity, and inclusion topics, a lot of consulting, a lot of heavy conversations, a lot of coaching um, with executive leaders and CEOs about how to navigate hard conversations with you know, colleagues within their organization that were disappointed or angry or upset and all of those things, what I started to notice um, were impacting me, (laughs) like physically, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, you know, sitting down or standing um, in my office at my desk, but, you know, the work is real. So really being intentional from a wellness perspective around, you know, I I really value alignment over hustle. So how are you, are are you well aligned to the work that you're doing? And what does that look like in terms of the way that you're working and how you're working and the boundaries that you have for your own health and wellness? So 
you have to be well, you have to, you have to consider that. Like as an entrepreneur, I know there's so much in your business to do, especially if you, you know, are a solopreneur and you don't have a full-time team or vendors or contractors or whatever the case may be. And you're wearing all of the hats, like it can become a lot. So I'll share with you in this tip, just a brief acronym that I've come up with for be well, that has literally helped me through this year. I'll share this briefly. The B is for believe beyond where you are. Like that is first and foremost, mindset truly is everything. So acknowledge the truth of where you are. This isn't about like, you know, going around or over what's actually happening, right? That is the premise for my new book, Thrive Through It. Like you're going through it, not around it or over it. So you want to acknowledge it, right? But you also want to continue to believe beyond that present challenge or change or transition. So believe beyond where you are, encourage yourself daily, Like take that on as your work, right? As what do I need to do? How do I need to cultivate my space, my calendar, my my tribe, my community, my relationships such that I'm able to develop a rhythm of encouraging myself. So I'm not waiting on someone else to do that for me. I'm not looking for inspiration outside of me. You may receive inspiration. You will receive inspiration outside of you, but you internally become that source. And of course, um, you all know I don't shy away. I'm a woman of faith. I'm a believer. So, you know, for me, I believe there's a spiritual component to that, um, that there's a supernatural power that lives on the inside of me that helps me to do that. But there is this intentional tweaking of a mindset around how do you intentionally daily speak truth to yourself to create the world that you want to see. So encourage yourself daily is the E. The W is right down where you want to be. I'm a firm believer in vision. There's a whole episode um, helping you to do a visual exercise as, as well. If you haven't checked that out, definitely check that out as well. But write it down, right? Get it out of your head. And even if journaling is not your thing, right? This isn't about, you know, making you journal. A lot of people are like, you know, journal is the best. Journaling is the best thing for wellness. You may not like to write and that's fine. That's totally fine. But take a few moments to write down your vision, right? The vision of the life that you want to live, the vision of the business that you want to build and the vision of who you want to become. Write all of that down, right? The E of be well is for exercise your body. Listen, get moving, get moving. I talk about this in the book as well. Like moving helped me through 2017, if you want to know more about 2017, pick up the book. But again, this isn't necessarily even about a message around fitness per se. Like, you know, I grew up an athlete, so I I, I value fitness. I, I get it. I think it's fantastic to be fit and lean and all, all of those things. That's not even though what I'm talking about right here. I'm talking about, right, making movement a practice. So whatever that looks like for you, it may be a walk around your cul-de-sac or your apartment complex or um, whatever, you know, is safe, socially distant, right? All those things right now, but whatever it looks like for you, it may not be a gym is my point, but get moving, right? Movement really helps us from a mindset perspective when our bodies move and oftentimes it takes that first, right? It takes our bodies to move, to help our minds to move, depending on where we are. The first L of be well is look for the lesson, 
right? So as you're experiencing tough moments, having to redirect in your business, um, having to shift things, you know, whatever the case may be, um, look for the lesson. I believe every experience is an opportunity for continuous improvement. How are you finding the lesson as you're journeying forward? And then the last L is to let your guard down. Yes, vulnerability is truly courage. It's absolute strength. And so it is um, a part of the process of of being well. And so wellness is definitely, um, it's everything. It's, that's lesson number three. Lesson number four, again, we are going through just top six lessons. So we're halfway through here, the last three that I'm going to share with you. And this is a two-part lesson. <laughs> so I mentioned, I mentioned um, to you all a little bit about faith earlier, but this lesson is around trust God and trust yourself, right? And so, um, again, I've, I've talked about on other episodes, the power of vision. And I truly believe that God gives us a vision or a glimpse, right? A picture in our minds about where he's leading us. We don't get the full picture. Like we don't get all the steps, right? But 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 we get this this picture. And so we have this then promise that, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, right? In pursuit of that image, right? And I'm speaking specifically here again, also about entrepreneurship, right? So you have this vision in your mind of what you want to build. It's so big, it's massive, it it's beyond you. You're like, how in the world am I going to get that done, right? So we have this promise that God hasn't give us a, given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind, which to me, right, that's the scriptural passage, but to me, that means that we literally have agency, right, in those moments where we feel like this is so big or this is so hard, right, that I can't do this. I'm, you know, I'm not sure. Whatever that moment of doubt that is wrapped in fear, right, is for you in terms of what you do. We have agency in those moments to replace the fear with supernatural strength, compassion, intellect, and wisdom, right? So then the question becomes, how do I utilize this access as a believer that I have every day, right? So that's the trust God portion. But then we oftentimes stop there, right? And again, this lesson is 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 for believers. If you're of a different faith, absolutely respect that as well. So feel free to replace this lesson uh, with one that is suitable for you. But I think oftentimes as as believers, we stop with trust God. And and here's the thing with that, right? The reason why I say trust God and trust yourself is that if you believe that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, then there's this element of supernatural ability that's walking around with you, right? And so this doubt that we have about you know, our agency and our ability, you know, to do things if we're equipped or if we're ready, if we're, if we are enough, like all of those things become literally the antithesis of your trust in God. If you believe he lives inside of you. So if you believe that, then you must also trust yourself, right? The two for me go hand in hand. Like you can't really have one without the other, but oftentimes I see so much and I see this in coaching women, especially it's like you, we don't trust ourselves. Like we, we second guess, we second guess the very thing that we 
have been given a vision around that we know didn't even come from us. Right. And so um, it always, for me, I think um, one of the pivotal moments for me in making this shift uh, was in a, in an event with my coach, um, Marshawn. I'll never forget. I was literally <laughs> um, grappling with this, with the decision of, you know, do I stay in my organization and just, you know, take another role and, play it safe and, you know, stay on the bus as I had many conversations around that. Um, or do I take this leap into the unknown and do something that I've never done before that I didn't really think I was quote unquote ready for. Um, and she looked at me, she, she did not tell me what, she did not tell me the decision to make. That's what I wanted her to do at the time. I'm like, Marshawn, tell me what you think. I want to know what you think I should do. Um, she never did that, but she did tell me to trust your training. And so I'll share that with you. Trust your training, that every experience that you have had up until this crossroads moment has prepared you for what's on the other side of that. And a quick example I'll share just from this year is the TEDx talk that I did. Um, I literally got a call to give the talk on a Monday evening, like late afternoon into the evening. And I had three days to prepare the talk. And there are a lot of things that I could say about those three days. I will just tell you that I had to consistently in the moments of high stress, like the literal thought of maybe I just need to say no. To, like maybe this one isn't my my TEDx moment. Like, yes, it's on my vision board, right? This is, and I feel ridiculous even saying this in this moment, but this is what I like. This was a thought that I had um, in June. It's like, maybe you know, maybe I need to wait and do the next one because like, there's no, like, how am I going to? And I literally heard that quote in my head. No, Brittany, trust your training. Like, you know what to speak about. You know this area. You are an expert in this. Like, you can talk about this for 18 minutes or less, <laughs> right? That's how long a, a TEDx talk is, is 18 minutes. And so I gave the talk on Friday. It was actually um, Juneteenth was when uh, the recording was scheduled. And so I share that with you to say, trust your training, trust the experiences that you've had, trust the skills and the, and the competencies that you have developed in the work that you do, that they have prepared you for where you are now and where you are going. So that's number four. Number five, be firm in your vision and flexible in your strategy. So I hinted at this earlier. This is all about change agility. And I believe that change agility is a skill. It is one that we cultivate through movement, right? So it requires us to make moves without seeing the whole board. And the more that we do that, you build the, it's really a decision-making uh, capability that you're building, but it's a decision-making capability to be able to make a decision without having all of the answers or the full picture or knowing the ins and outs of every detail, right? And so in doing that, the question becomes what is my, not not is necessarily what is the best thing I should do, but what is the next best move? And when you, when you center in on what is that next best move, right? That's how you're able to move through uncertainty, not really knowing like 2020 essentially, right? <laughs> um, and, and I think, you know, again, this this idea that you can always reroute. Like it's not, I, I think there are very few decisions that we can make that are like, you know, eternally reckless. 
like, yeah, we we can, but in the grand scheme of things with a reasonable, you know, adult, right. You're not going to make those kinds of decisions. So like the, the crossroads moments is my point. Um, the decisions that you make at those crossroads, even if you make a decision and you go down the path and you're like, mm, I want to reroute, you have the ability to do that. We are talking today. And again, I encourage you to to catch the replay. If you missed all six figures, isn't the same. It'll be on my IGTV. And I'll, I'll link this in the show notes as well. But um, one of the, the entrepreneurs, Kanika Tolver, brilliant, amazing. She's the author of Career Rehab. Uh, the, the book is around how to rebuild your personal brand and rethink the way you work. Brilliant work published by Entrepreneur. Um, we were having this conversation just about her own story and journey, how she left a full-time position, became a full-time entrepreneur, went back to a corporate role. She's a tech leader now. She's running a business. She's an author, an international speaker. Like you can reroute and change your mind and make a different decision or make a new decision, right? It's not even about sometimes even like rerouting and going back, but it's like, okay, I'm at a new point. I'm in a new season. And this is the decision that I want to make moving forward and, and, and knowing that all of those things are okay. So be firm in your vision, be flexible in your strategy. And the last thing I'll say around that is, you know, I often see, which I didn't think was as big of a thing until I really started coaching. And it's one of the reasons why I still coach today is just because there's so much just mental garbage out there about like, you know, uh, confidence is really what it what it boils down to. And so I, I believe that competence breeds confidence, right? Like the more you know about a thing, the more confident you have as you're walking it out. But in addition to that, it's not just competence from this perspective of ingesting content, right? Which we're in a, you know, a digitally driven age where we have tons of content at our fingertips at any moment. The competence comes through the doing, through the work, right? Through the action. So it's not necessarily even about, you know, sitting down and, you know, reading this or listening to that, but clarity comes with action, right? No action, no traction. So what are you doing to build, right, your confidence and to gain that traction so that even if your plan changes, right, even if you have to shift the strategy, the vision is still the same and you can make that reroute and still be journeying forward. All right. So that's number five. And last but not least, last lesson on these top entrepreneurship lessons of 2020 Personal branding is non-negotiable. Now, you all know I was not going to get through this list without talking about personal branding. It is the coaching that I do with private clients. It's the mastermind that I um, lead quarterly, really helping you um, really authentically show up, right? And say yes and lean in so that you start to attract aligned opportunities, but it becomes non-negotiable as an entrepreneur. And if we think of personal branding, think of it like, um, think of your personal brand as a car that's on the road, right? And the question becomes, are you in the driver's seat of the car or are you in the back seat of the car? And for some people, they're not even in the car. You may be 
standing on the side of the road, watching your car go down the street, like that's my car. So the point being, you have a brand, like you have a reputation. There are things that people associate you with skills, characteristics, ability, et cetera, that people associate you with that they, things that they say about you when you aren't in the room as Jeff Bezos would uh, define personal branding. And the question becomes, are you cultivating that or is someone else? And so I believe that as a business owner and as a working professional, as an, as an employee as well, it is paramount to your career advancement and your business growth that you're in that driver's seat, that you aren't watching your car go down the road and that you aren't in the back seat, right? So how are you owning your narrative, owning your story, showing up, right? And doing all of the things to cultivate a brand that closes the gap between your intention and other people's perceptions. Especially if you're a service-based entrepreneur and you're in that space. So I was in this space, you know, I would say end of really a lot of this year, I was going to say beginning of this year, but I was still kind of going back and forth with this the first quarter of this year. You know, do I focus on career thrivers as a brand or do I focus on Brittany Cole as a brand? Well, obviously I need to do both, right? Um, And I'm very much both and in a lot of ways. But um, when you focus in on your personal brand as a service-based business owner, it will naturally elevate your business, right? Because we're in a day and age where people want to know who is behind the brand. So when you're thinking about your personal brand, it's less about your graphics and your website design and all of the pretty things that are actually marketing that help to inform the belief, right? Which is the brand um, that you want people to have. Um, At the end of the day, personal branding is about belief transference and belief is built on trust. So how are you building trust with your customer, with your clients, with your colleagues, et cetera, to advance in your career and or to grow your business. And so I think a good question that I've been asking myself is not necessarily how can I update the website, right? That, that's like, you know, that's further down the path of, of tactics, right? But pulling up a little bit, the question is, how do I want people to feel when they connect with me, right? And I, you know, obviously you think about that from a customer experience perspective, like what is the feeling that you want people to have after they interact with your product or with your service or, you know, as they're going through your coaching program or, you know, when you show up on the Zoom to lead a session, like whatever it is that you provide, what is the feeling that you want people to have? And really narrowing in on that and thinking through, okay, how do you continuously cultivate that? And oftentimes you'll find it's the simple things, it's the little things. So I invite you, if you are not connected on my email list, to head over to thrivethroughitbook.com, order a copy of the book, but also join my email list. I'm really excited in 2021 to be sharing more tips via email around how you can own your personal brand. Again, helping you attract to attract those aligned opportunities. So these are my six tips, the six major lessons that I've learned this year 
as an entrepreneur in 2020 with all that we've experienced. And I hope that they serve you well. Thank you so much again for being a part of our Career Thrivers community. I cannot wait for you to see and hear some of the amazing things that we have in store for the podcast in 2021. And let's thrive together. Take care.